We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday march 22nd 2022 welcome everybody to the pack a day podcast one of your favorite packers podcasts you could possibly ever listen to I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am only joined by one of my usual co-hosts. It is Jacob Squared tonight. Jacob Morley joins me from the depths of Kansas, where Rock Chalk Jayhawk is in the Sweet 16. My Wisconsin Badgers are not after a game that set basketball back probably 20 years uh, yesterday during the their showdown, if you want to call it that, with uh, Iowa State. But if you want a silver lining, which I am always looking for, I no longer have to root for Brad Davison. So here's the who's the real winner here. Jake Morley joining me in here. Jake, how are we doing tonight? I am. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, all things considered. That we are. And well, all things considered, the number one thing that we're going to discuss, but on a bit of a different angle, of course, is I'm sure unless you live under a rock by now, you've heard the news. Devontae Adams on Thursday was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. They got a first-round pick and a second-round pick in that trade. Uh, The Packers now have four picks in the top 60 of this year's NFL draft. And something I wanted to start by discussing is the people that were in favor of that move are saying, well, you know, Devontae, Rodgers forces him the ball, and now he's going to be forced to spread the ball around and have this kind of conversation around why the Packers could be better on offense without Devontae Adams. But here's the deal, at least on my end, and Jake, I'll get your take here in a second. On the money downs, first of all, on the money downs, the ball is going to your money players. And I know everybody's going to point out that third and 10 against San Francisco where Lazard was running wide open in the middle of the field and Rodgers threw to Adams anyways. And yes, I understand that. But the great players are the ones who get targeted. And the example I always use, it's 20. 19 AFC championship game chiefs and Patriots four third downs on that overtime drive for Brady Edelman, Edelman, Gronkowski, Gronkowski. He didn't target somebody and they didn't run some play to scheme those guys open. They just threw it to their dudes. And the problem the Packers have right now without Adams is yes. Does Rogers have some flaws that are Adam centric? Yes. 100%. 
The problem they have now is you can't just replace bodies in this system and just say, away we go, because everyone's like, oh, in Lafleur's system, we trust and all that. And I understand all that. But systems don't win games on the field. Players do. And the players that the Packers have right now are not going to win games over an extended period of time. And you can throw that number at me on how they're X and X without Adams, and I understand that. But those are small samples over multiple seasons to where that's easier to navigate than a full 17-game schedule. The Packers do not have a stud on offense that they can just say, when we need a play, this guy will get us a play. And on the best Packers offenses and the team that won a championship was an offense that said they had you know three, four, five guys. We need a play, they're going to get us one. Sometimes it was Jennings. Sometimes it was Jordy. Sometimes it was James Jones. Sometimes it was Cobb, all the way down to Devontae Adams. You can't just replace these guys and throw in – it's not – it's not checkers. You know, you can't just throw in pieces of the puzzle and say, well, it's the same stuff that Lafleur's running. He'll get those guys open. That's just not how that's going to work. And the question that, Jacob, we're going to have to go over now and one that you talked about kind of pre-show is a conversation the Packers very likely had before they traded Devontae Adams is how are we going to be a better team in 2022 without Devontae? Because right now they are not a better team than they were two months ago yeah no question they're not not a better team without Devontae as it stands right now luckily for Green Bay they don't have to play a game tomorrow you know so for the Packers you have to look at it and you have to take a little bit of a step back and say okay so what what can they do what will they do and the conversations I'm sure they're having right now at 1265 Lombardi are exactly that. What can we do to make this a better wide receiver room? And when you look at it from that that angle, I think there are some things you can kind of do to, to kind of take a different view at it and say, all right, can we bring two or three guys in that, may, that obviously, obviously aren't Devontae's level? Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football. So I get it when people are going to come at us and say, well, you can't get better. You cannot get better without the best wide receiver in football playing for you. I disagree. Uh, I don't think wide receivers drive wins. I just don't think they do. And I know people are going to say, well, look at Cooper Cup this last year. One, you know, on the on the drive for the re- – Matthew Stafford, man. Quarterbacks drive wins. And – the thing about the Rams that was able that they were able to do things like that for Cooper Cup were the fact that they have Van Jefferson. They had OBJ for most of that game. When you have other weapons, that opens up things in the passing game. And one thing that I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about is when you play good teams, when the Packers the last few seasons have played good teams, and so I mean teams in the playoffs, those teams have been able to take away Devontae Adams. And when you don't have anything else in the hopper, the, it, you kind of see what happens with, with Rodgers. I mean, two years ago against the Buccaneers, I have the stats pulled up right against me. Devontae Adams had nine catches in that game. That's great. Fantastic. For 67 yards. 67 yards. 15 targets. Nine catches. 67 yards. 7.4 yards a catch. Tampa's game plan was basically we're going to let Devontae catch the stuff in front of us and we're going to we're going to you know we're going to allot two or three players 
to just make sure he doesn't beat us over the top, to make sure he doesn't break tackles. And they did that. They did a great job of that. Um, Marcus Valdez-Scantling had 115 yards in that game. MVS didn't play against the Niners. You know, so like when you don't have another weapon out there, it is tough. If, if MVS plays against the 49ers, I think the Packers win that game. You need guys across the board. So if I'm in that room right now, if I'm sitting with Brian, with Goody and I'm sitting with the scouts, I'm sitting with the personnel department, I'm saying, here's what we need. Okay, we have got pieces that we like. We like Alan Lazard. Okay, we don't want Alan Lazard to be our wide receiver one. I don't think anybody is advocating for Alan Lazard as wide receiver one. What Alan Lazard does in this offense is he is a reliable target, and he is someone that will put your face mask into the dirt as a run blocker. Because guess what? That is what? not what you said pre-show. I said something else pre-show, but we did a lot of cussing last week, so I'm trying to keep it keep it PG for the fam for the families out there listening on their road trips. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, Alan Lazard will put you in the dirt. Okay, he he's a run blocker, and Matt Lafleur's offense is predicated on. Not throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. Matt LaFleur's offense is predicated on running the football. Let the running game set up the passing game. There is a reason receivers have been able to to come into these types of offenses and be successful. Um, Really, the biggest thing you need to be able to do to be is intelligent. You need to know um, basically what route concept you're doing, what spacing they need you to be in. A lot of this is predicated on crossing routes and and horizontal passing game. So Devontae was great because he can do everything, right? He is fantastic. He's going to have a huge year in Las Vegas next year. But they don't necessarily need that to be able to move the football. They need to replace about 15 15 to 2,000 receiving yards is what Devontae is leaving with. They're not going to do that with one guy. They shouldn't try to do that with one guy. Okay, so there are veterans out there that they now have. We okay, so so hey, fellas, we have two first round draft picks and two second round draft picks. Let's take big swings. Let's see what the veteran uh, market looks like at the at the wide receiver position. Who is willing to part ways with a wide receiver for the Packers? The name that is brought up all the time is DK Metcalf because Seattle has openly admitted to shopping him. If Green Bay wants to send a first-round draft pick to Seattle for DK Metcalf, cool. That's fine. You have two first-round picks. And chances are we're taking a receiver in the first round anyways. So why not take the the young kid who has proven to be able to play in this league who is a fantastic fit for this offense? Fantastic fit for this offense. Um, send him 28. That's fine. If, that, if that's what they want, okay? Ideally, you would like to just part ways with one of those seconds and, and get a guy for that. But let's say they do that. Let's say they they go after, they go get DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, uh, Tyler Lockett, one of these one of these higher-level veterans that are they Devontae Adams? No, they are not, okay? But now let's pair that with let's draft a Crystal Lave. Let's draft a George Pickens. Let's draft a Christian Watson. Let's draft a, a, a name that doesn't get thrown around enough that's ready to play right away for the Packers is John Mechie. Um, I know that he has an ACL, but reports are that he's going to be ready for camp. 
he's a guy that's ready to play like immediately. Dude runs an NFL route tree right now. He is like a uh, baby Chris Olave is kind of what I compare him to. You talk about the full price guys, discount guys, full price is Chris Olave. Discount is John Mechie. Um, get a guy like that. Someone that can come in and contribute young as a rookie. We see it more and more every year. Rookies are able to come in and have immediate contributions on an NFL roster. Okay. So now, now we're talking about your starting three. Let's say they get Olave. Let's go best case scenario here for the Packers. And they say like they trade for DK draft Chris Olave. So you're starting three receivers at that point that are DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, and probably some variation of Randall Cobb or Alan Lazard. Okay, that is a better starting three than Devontae, Lazard, and Cobb. I mean, so across the board, that's a better group. But throw in the fact that you have Robert Tanyan coming back as well as a viable receiving option, probably will be ready sometime around Thanksgiving second half of the year, get him ready to roll by the playoffs. That's all that really matters. So is it going to be easy to be better as an offense last year than they were last year on offense without Devontae Adams? No, but the other fact that we're not even touching on right now is there are three phases to a football game, right, Jacob? Three. That's I know the Packers, only, the Packers like to think there's two, uh, but I think they corrected that issue this last year um, with the signing of – Rich Passaccia. Cost him a Super Bowl along the way, but maybe two in the last decade, but yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so the thing I'm trying to get is like the Packers don't need to be the number one offense in the NFL. And as long as Matt LaFleur is the coach and as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, if they can get in some veteran wide receiver types, they are going to be good enough on offense. They are going to be good enough on offense to score points. Are they going to be good enough on defense and special teams to be able to keep them in in the game as a team? And I think the answer to that is not signing Devontae basically meant that you do not have to choose between Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. They brought them both back. 
that defense is shaping up to be absolutely filthy next year. They do not have, as it stands right now, we talked about on offense that if they have to play tomorrow, they're in trouble. On defense, if they have to play tomorrow, they're going to suffocate NFL offenses. They have one of the best young pass rushers in the league in your son, Rashawn Gary. Preston Smith is back. He's going to be Preston Smith, just solid as can be. Kenny Clark is one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL. Oh, and then mind you, they have three legit NFL cornerbacks and two legit NFL safeties with an all-pro inside linebacker. Like th- this is a, this is a defense that is is ready to roll. So if you look at it from that perspective, and I believe it was Tom Silverstein that's, that talked about losing Sterling Sharp with – you know, when that whole deal went down, Sterling Sharp was the Packers offense. Though the reason Devontae Adams has has broken Sterling Sharp's records is because back in the early 90s, mid to early 90s, Sterling Sharp was the dude. He was the guy getting 60% of their targets. You know, 15, 1600 yards, dozen touchdowns, 100, 100 receptions. Because he was a lot like Devontae. That's like, there is not much, there's not much else around him. There's not much else around him, so they had to force feed him the ball. He he gets injured, has to retire early. Now, what did, what did that do? That that led to the emergence of guys like Robert Brooks, like Antonio Freeman. Okay, they went out and signed um, Andre Risen. They went out and signed BB. That there's there's ways that you can do this, and Rogers kind of carried the load with those guys, and they all grew up together. That defense was lights out. So it can happen. I think in to- what Tom was pointing out is like, it's not the end of the world losing a, a stud receiver. We've seen it happen in Green Bay, followed very shortly by a Super Bowl win. And the one receiver, it, and it is almost a, a, a mirror, mirrored, because the only receiver I think you can really say that's been as dominant as Devontae Adams in a Green Bay Packers uniform in the modern day is Sterling Sharp. And they're both guys that had to leave – Green Bay in the prime of their career for various reasons. Green Bay in 96 won a Super Bowl with that. The Packers, if they play their cards right here, and this is, and mind you, this is a massive roll of the dice, but if they play their cards right here, they have four top 60 picks. Four. If they hit on two of those guys, if they hit on 50%, which Goody has been batting at a higher average than that for his top 50, top 100 picks. If so, let's say they hit on two or three of these guys that can come in and be Eric Stokes, his rookie year, Jair Alexander, his rookie year, Elton Jenkins, his rookie year, Josh Myers, his rookie year, all really, really good players. So you're talking about adding two or three starting above average, starting level players to this offense and defense still on an already loaded roster, even without Devontae. So hearing things from people like, oh, the Packers are out of it. They lost Devontae Adams. They've fallen off the table. That's dumb. That's not accurate. They're, they have a plan. They better. They better have a plan. I'm going to kick it back to you, Jay, because I feel like I've been talking for 20 minutes. But if they don't have a plan, then they deserve to be ridiculed. If they go into the, the season with what they have right now, I'll be right there with everybody with the pitchforks. I really will because that's that is that's inexcusable. But I just don't think that's going to happen. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during a pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Packaday. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year, and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food, and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 and use code Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember to use code Packaday16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Yeah, they're going to add, you know, the the concern that I have on it is you, you're talking about wanting to get better. And I talked about this, you know, last week when we were on the show together is that we were talking about how does this team get better with Devante on the roster? And then we kind of talked a little bit later too about getting guys from outside of the organization. Like the plan for this team could not be just run it back, you know, re-sign Rodgers, re-sign Devontae, bring back Sewell and Dre, and let's get another crack at it. Like I thought even before they traded Devontae, which I never in a million years thought they were going to do, I was wrong. I never thought that they should just bring all those guys back and just run it back. Well, now you removed Devonte, and there's reports that uh, Tom Silverstein has had that the Packers are trying to re-sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Okay, well, the plan for your receiving core minus Devonte should not be basically just run it back minus Devonte and draft one kid. Like, that can't be part of it either, I don't think. And this is a class where I think the Packers should be drafting two guys and maybe take a flyer on a day three guy that could be a returner type thing too. And Bringing back – here's the other thing is like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like you said, has a, a skill set that the Packers clearly needed and valued last year, but it's also replaceable. Like I know they say you can't teach speed, but like Deshaun Jackson gets dusted off every single year it feels like to 
be the fast guy for for a team. You know, the Rams did that with him at the beginning of the year before eventually letting him go. And then he ended up in Las Vegas for the Raiders. The Packers plan, it, it just can't be that. It can't be that we're just going to subtract Devontae. Here's, here's Jacob. The here's the only thing I will say to that is you need to be more than fast to be a deep, a deep threat. And I, I know that you know that, but like MVS does present a skill that is valuable. And we talk about Deshaun Jackson every year getting dusted off, but he always goes somewhere, you know, he gets dusted off and is not just sitting at home. So like that skill that MVS provides is still a, a super valuable one. And if they can get him back, I think the deal the, the deal is money with him. If they can get him back five five to seven million a year, a one year contract for something like that, I'm all for it. But now, that's a guy. Okay, like so a, here's the thing: that's a guy though. Seven mil, like who the hell's banging down the door to pay Marcos Valdez? Can't clearly nobody is banging down the right. door to pay him seven million dollars. If that were the case, he'd be signed by now. That's a guy you draw the line in the sand on. Marquez yeah. will give you five mil, five mil. But if you spend anything more than that on him, to me. I think that's malpractice because then you're going to have, again, that's starter money. You've given Lazard starter money. The quarterback's pacifier, Randall Cobb, is here. He's going to play. At some point, you have to figure out, okay, we're not going to get better without Devontae, but are you going to, like, a receiving core that has Lazard, MVS, and Cobb as your starters and then a rookie, say it's a first or second round pick, is maybe the worst in the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. It's in the discussion. Well, it, like, yeah. And Cobb, Cobb and Ra- and Amari are kind of the cogs in this whole thing. Because I just like, I would rather, I like, I don't know. it Because you look at it, and I know this is being discussed like right now, we were just talking about it. If you look at the roster as is right now, say they do bring MVS back. It's MVS is going to be on the roster. Lazard is going to be on the roster. Cobb's going to be on the roster. Are you going to move on from Amari after one year, after a third-round pick? Probably not. Very, very unlikely. So that leaves basically two spots, or really one, because they're probably going to keep a special teams guy, right, like a Malik Taylor type. It, you know, They're only keeping six guys, six, seven guys. That's one to two roster spots, which is fine, which is fine if it's DK and Olave, right? Like, that's fine. But it, it's just there's a lot to unfold still. Um and I think it will in time. There's a lot of time, a lot of time. We're still, oh yeah, they're not. Uh, we're still they're further not than a game. month. We're we're a month and a away, month and a half away from the draft still. So plenty of time to make moves. Um, I and think they're some not playing a game better. tomorrow. Like they can make no. acquisitions after the draft too. And as far as and like for everybody's being like the options are withering away. It's like because Robert Woods got traded. It's like okay, so no. if you want to assume the Seattle guys are on the trade market, then we can. Both of those guys are available. Julio Jones, AJ Green, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, like all them dudes are still out there. And like a lot of those names, like Julio Jones doesn't get me like, whoa, that's Julio Jones. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like does Julio Jones help the team? Yes. Like Julio Jones could help the Packers if he's healthy in 22. Does he? Yes. (laughs) Does he though? He's better. Is he good? He's better better than Amari Rogers right now. So so am I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, uh, that's the other thing. That's the other thing is if the Packers do like kind of go almost as is into 2022, like Amari Rogers has to be a big part of that. And that was something that do. we talked about last year. And that's why his rookie year was so concerning is because the Packers gave up a lot of capital to get this dude. He's basically say, a third and a fourth round pick. 
we, and I'm guilty of this as well, we don't always give him enough grace because he didn't play enough at wide receiver to really have an opinion on him. Now, he was atrocious as a returner. And what we saw, and the, the biggest sample size we saw out of him at receiver was the Jordan Love game in Detroit. And he was very bad. Very bad. He, I mean, yeah, he, if, he ran in, I mean, he ran into his own guy. His spacing was terrible. Like, and we just talked about that. Like, that's what you need to be good at in this offense is like with it, like work within your route concepts. Make sure you're not running down somebody's door as a receiver. Get to your landmarks. That was stuff that he was bad at. So that's that is concerning. But well, here's that's the other thing with Amari at. too, though, is when it comes to him, if he was doing like they say he wasn't he didn't play a lot and Cobb stunted his growth and all this stuff. Randall Cobb didn't play a game from November 28th until January 22nd. So in that time frame, Amari Rogers couldn't find his way in. Like if he's killing it in practice, and like anytime Matt LaFleur talked about him, it was he's a young player and needs to keep developing, which is a way of saying, like, yeah, right. We're not putting that dude on the field. Like mm-hmm. he's being outsnapped by Equinemius St. Brown, who started this season on the practice squad. Like if I'm not writing this crew. And that's how they want to play, though, too. Like, they want their slot to be able to block. That's And that's part of the reason why Lazard and EQ played there so much. Is like they Which, want again, to be able makes to you wonder, then, wide. what the hell were they thinking when they drafted him? He's two. He's 215. He's 220. He's huge. You know, he's little. But, like, I think that's when you say, like, why is he playing at that weight? That's why. It's because, hey, we want you to go be able to dig that safety out. And are, can you do that at 190? I don't know. We know why they brought Cobb in, <laughs> you know, Cobb can't do that either, but we know why he's there. Right. And so like with Amari, I think it's not as much as like the fact that he's a short slot guy. I think he's stocky enough that they think he can do some of that stuff, but man, he did not look very explosive last year. Uh, it would be great if he develops, but like, I don't think I'm shocking the world here by saying nobody's expecting that. No, and here's the other thing is like, so Cobb got hurt against the Rams, like I mentioned. And then after that, Amari Rogers' snap counts were 10, zero for three consecutive games, which one of them was a COVID-19 absence. And then 31 in that final game against Detroit, like you mentioned. He just, he wasn't ready for whatever reason, but the Packers, they're going to need him to be ready. Uh, otherwise, like, you know, like I said, after the season was over, I know this might be harsh, but with the way he played and just never looked comfortable throughout the course of the season at anything he did. Like there is not one snap that he took that you were like, wow, he looks good. Or wow. He looks comfortable. Nothing, nothing that comes to mind. At least he ran one Texas route this year. I'll find it and send it to you that he looked okay. Someone grabbed the back of his undershirt and it ripped and he ran and he, I think he got like 12 yards. So Okay. So that there therein lies where our hopes are dangling, Jacob. On that it's like one the, it's, route. it's the Jay Sternberger touchdown in the NFC uh, Championship game. So yeah, that's that. I'm not writing off Amari Rogers. Mm-hmm. I want the I'm gonna make that disclaimer a million times over. I am Same. not writing yeah. off Amari Rogers. I hope he's however, awesome. however, I will say that with the Packers saying they're all in to win it right now, which Gutekunst has said that, they should not hinder themselves from upgrading at that position. Like, for example, and this is a wild pie in the sky. So, like, let's just say pick number 22, the best player on the board is a receiver. Okay, so they take him. Pick number 28, the best player on the board is a receiver. So they take him. Okay. 
Now they haven't added MBS or DK Metcalf in this or any other veteran in this type of scenario. So there's your two rookies. Let's move to the third round now and say Alec Pierce, somebody that I think the Packers are really going to like is available. Are you not going to pick Alec Pierce? Cause you're like, man, we got Amari. We got Amari Rogers. You can't do that. Yeah. Like they, they can't that's- do that and they shouldn't do that. Um, and, and like I said, Amari's I know that's spot probably-, is probably not safe. You know what I mean? Like, He's probably like as crazy it is to sound after after one year. If they are truly all in, and he comes in and they're like, "Man, we got seven guys we would rather play than him," I would start calling people, and be like, "Hey, you liked him, right? You want to send us a sixth or a seventh? You know what I mean? Like, honestly, that that might happen. It might also happen where he comes out and maybe he maybe maybe he plays at two hundred five next year, and he looks like he's got some of that wiggle back that he had at Clemson and. He's playing with more confidence like he did at Clemson. And let's say he yeah, plays well. Like I hope Something we all hope that's could. the case. We all hope yeah, that's the Another thing the case. that I'm thinking they could do with him is just if they have that many receivers and they like those guys, just kind of not and I know the Tyler Irvin role gets lost here, but is he like that running back four? They keep him in a returner Maybe. type role, but he's got to be a better return. Like I don't for me, I'm a, I'm a believer of the kick return game, kicks and punts needs to be overhauled because I know everybody and their mother loves Kylan Hill and I do too, but seventh round pick blew his ACL. That's, that could be a career. That's the other problem. Reason. That's the other problem with the roster construction is like, Oh, well, let's just keep Amari kind of as that running back wide receiver type guy and get him on the field. How you've got four capable running backs. Like they got, they got good players. They got, I mean, Aaron Jones, obviously very good. AJ Dillon, obviously very good. Kylan Hill, maybe he doesn't come back from that ACL. I don't know. But Patrick Taylor is an NFL running back. And so. And they could draft one. Their roles are only like, going to. I'm not saying they will, they but they could. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I don't, you don't put anything past this front office as far as like saying they are absolutely not going to do something. That would be wild, man. Wild. Pick 28. Brees Hall. ISU. No. Okay. That. People would lose their minds. Well, right. People are going to lose their minds anyways. What I can't wait for, I've said this for weeks, is since like I am not 100%, but I am pretty confident one of the picks in the first round is going to be a pass catcher. Um, I also cannot wait for people to freak out when pick 22 is a big guy, whether that's a defensive lineman, a pass rusher, or something like that. To where, So let's talk about that a little bit here, Jake. It's obviously five weeks out, like you mentioned, but we've got some time here left for uh, one more topic here. But pick number 22 comes to the fruition. My philosophy on that, based on my study of the class and what I'm looking for is this. If one of the top five, and I had this as six, but then David Ojabo blew his Achilles over the weekend, and that stunk. But one of the top six, or excuse me, five pass rushers is available at 22. That is who Green Bay should pick, and I think they should run the card up to the podium. I do not care what receivers are available at that point. To me, in my opinion, as far as high-impact Pass rushers, there's six of those guys, and one of them is injured. So you're probably not picking him at 22. Maybe later. I think they would. I think, they would. I, think I think you're right. I think that's smart to do. Maybe uh, they would. Maybe they could. Guys. I don't know. But I'm just. I'm assuming they would. What, would, they what would freak people out though is if it was Ojabo. I would do it. I, we already talked about this. I would take him if he falls to 22. I'd do it in a heartbeat and redshirt him. Say, way that's you know, we're all in. But we've got we've got like five picks in the top 100. Let's get our in, our immediate impact guys. 
later at a different time. Um, bring me, bring well, me. We got to pick he, six he, picks he, later. And realistically, <clears throat> if they say like we like these three players in this pick area, then you take twenty eight and your fours, and you move up to wherever that takes, or a four yes, and move up yeah. to where that takes. Which you I would not be. I wouldn't be shocked, Jacob, if they said. We're we're gonna move up from twenty two, and we're gonna take who we want. And I I also wouldn't be shocked if that's a receiver either. I think you look at, I mean, if Goody liked someone the way he liked Justin Jefferson, he just didn't have the firepower to go up and get him. Like I don't think he would let that happen again. Let's say, and let's say it's Olave, because I think Olave, and I, I've made this clear, I think Olave is the most. NFL ready wide receiver in this draft. You know, he played his, he played out his senior year at OSU. Dude's ready to roll. I, I legitimately, legitimately think Chris Olave is a 1200 yard receiver his rookie year. And if Goody thinks that, and he's getting a little antsy around pick 15, 16, and he just says, screw it, man, I'm not, I'm not letting this happen again. I'm going to get my guy. He will. Cause he, they have, they have, I believe I saw, they have like the eighth most draft capital in in the league right now. And like you said, you could package the fours, uh, a three. Obviously, like one of the, like if you moved, if you wanted to move up from 22 to 15, like the two twos would almost be too much. Like well, they could probably, the move up. and they could probably be like more aggressive with that. Yeah, and they could probably be more aggressive with that third round pick because you they could trade that. And that, well, one, they suck at it. Number two, <laughs> If they trade it, they also have two picks in the second round where they can move back and potentially pick up, you know, spots yep. in the third round that way or something like that. So that's kind of the philosophy there. And I think our I think our esteemed colleague actually just I think I believe I just read a tweet of his about his mock draft Monday over at Packer Report. And he just said, and I agree with him, I would be shocked if the Packers actually just stayed put and made their four selections. Shocked. I think well, the next draft that Brian Gutekunst just sits and doesn't trade up will be the first. He's traded up in every draft. And yep. last year, until last year, it was every draft in the first round he's traded up to go get guys. Yeah. Yep. So real quick, let's go through just since we're talking about the draft. Here is Ross's mock draft Monday. Chris Olave at 22. Arnold Ebikite, the edge rusher from Penn State at 28. Christian Watson at 53, Brian Azamoa at 59, and then you get to Kellen Deitch, the tackle from Arizona State, Jelani Woods, Neil Farrell, and Kevin Austin. Those are his five rounds there. Jelani Woods is going to be a favorite from Packer fans. I think it's, you know, every year there seems to be a guy who gets a lot of momentum. A couple guys say they like him, and then everybody seems to really like him. Uh, I, I said this, my mock for today uh, that I did over at Game on Wisconsin was I had Olave, um, or excuse me, I had Trayvon Walker, at pick 22, uh, I have no idea how that happened, but it did. So I took him. I took Traylon Burks at 28, and then I ended up taking with the next what three picks in the you know between the two second rounders and the third rounder. I had Logan Hall, Travis Jones, and George Pickens were my three picks for there. Um, and then I said after that that I would take two freak athlete tight ends in on day three, along with a couple of offensive linemen because I know Gutekunst likes to grab those guys too, and they certainly need to. Um, but yeah, that's the thought there. The Packers have five weeks until the draft gets there. That's going to do it for this episode. We're out of time for today. Check us out at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. You can follow us, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Andy's got the Packaday Daily stuff 
uh, which I will be invading your space for a while here, starting uh, late this week for something like that. So next week, when you have Jake, Ross, and myself, that will also be a video show. So that'll be fun for you guys that are interested in stuff like that. Until then, you can follow Jake. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. And Morley has more news for you people. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, don't forget, do not forget to head over to Jacob or myself or Game On Wisconsin's Twitter. Get yourself the Green Bay Draft Guide for this year. Um, we talk about all this stuff. We talk about the rece- – I mean, every every pro- every uh, every player basically that has a profile, their specific Packers fit um, is right in there with features in there as well. Um, they have been selling like crazy, so make sure you get in on that. Yeah, absolutely. Get on that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We're getting towards uh, go time here. You know, it it seems like it's going to be far away, but it'll be here before, you know, until then, until next time, he's Jake Morley. I'm Jacob Westarf. I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 